Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi everybody, I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Now, if you're a small business owner, then chances are there have been times when you've put your own health and well-being into the too hard basket. But today's guest, Dr. Brett Lilly, believes it doesn't have to be that way. By rediscovering the athlete within, Dr. Brett says you can rekindle your love for movement and find your mojo to live a happier, healthier life. He joins us today to share some science-backed strategies from his new book, Rediscover Your Athlete Within, that will get you moving and grooving once more. Brett, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Excellent, excellent. So, May I ask, where did your interest in fitness and well-being first come from? I think more as a kid, I grew up on the side of the bush. And so for me, running around, jumping, climbing trees, and just generally being so active was um, a part of who I was from a very young age, just from growing up beside the bush. So I guess that was part of me. And then as I grew up, I was interested in anything that was to do with a ball. But more of it really began when I was going through university and I started hanging out with a couple of friends that were very interested in triathlons. And that was where more performance and training started to make a lot more sense and became more of a part of who I am. Mm. So was a career in health and well-being in that kind of space, was that always on the cards? Is that what you wanted to do <laughs> as you were a kid? No, I started off doing a science degree, doing zoology. So in oh, my wow. head, I was destined to study dugons and dolphins for the rest of my life. But um, at the age of 21, I um, had a friend whose father started seeing this chiropractor and was also seeing um, a lot of athletes at the time. And the process of helping someone actually take better care of their body in a natural way and training and rehab around that just made sense to who I was at that time. And, you know, it was very, very quickly that my career or my studies changed to um, that of the Masters of Chiropractic. Uh, so bye bye dolphins and dugongs. Hello, bye bye science <laughs> Do you miss that that um, nature side, or are you still because you're out and about in nature? You live in Tasmania now, don't you? I'm very much in um, nature. Um, living on the side of the bush again, and again I'm running and living up and down a mountainside. So it's all kind of, I guess, gone full circle at the moment. It's interesting, isn't it? We how we often go back to to our roots. It's yeah, it's kind of fascinating. It is very fascinating, and that's that's actually a part of the the book in rediscovery is really rediscovering your own version of what an athlete actually is. Begins with a rediscovery process of almost going back to your own roots, and you know finding those magical moments where you were just lit up, and there the, that's where the clues are to the type of athlete that you have with inside of you. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so tell me a bit about the book, Rediscover the Athlete Within. What made you decide 
to put pen to paper after all this time? Pen to paper was um, um, part of my own experiences. Um, I had a motorbike injury when I was in my 20s, um, going through divorces. I've been through cancer. So I've been through, um, I guess, some of my own hardships, which has been a learning curve. But also, too, I, I ran a clinic, which was very more pain, chronic pain orientated, especially that's the direction. And, um, you know, the kind of the concept of an athlete more came from the people that used to come and see me. You know, people would come in with a complaint, but often it's a very complicated story. And we all, you know, a lot of us have these stories. And it wasn't so much working just with their complaint of what they entered with, but also working with the story behind that person. We all carry that story. And that's kind of really where the idea of an athlete actually is. We all have an athlete with inside of us. And it's a matter of bringing that out to the surface again, rediscovering that. Yeah, so that's an interesting concept. Could you explain a little more for our listeners what you mean about that? Because you kind of touched on it about remembering those magic moments from when you were a kid. Is that that's part of the journey, rediscovering the past to move forward? Absolutely. I mean, life is busy. Life is chaos. You know, it's jam-packed and, and often we put ourselves to the bottom of that list even though we, you know, we get told all the time we've got to exercise, we've got to take care of our, you know, good condition of our body, our well-being, our our minds, our mindset. Um, you know, otherwise we end up with disease. We end up old, and well, we carry all these excuses: I'm too old, I'm too tired, I I can't do that anymore. Um, when really, you know, the question is: is is that true? And so, there's a ten-step process we take people through in the book that begins with rediscovering, you know who you were as an athlete and who you can be now is creating a better version or the best version of who you can be. And that's really not age dependent. You can do that at any age. And, you know, that's some of the stories that I've learned through writing this book, some of the stories that I've had through the clinic, as well as watching people, you know, reignite passions um, and enjoy a much better life, much better quality of life, a life of meaning. But the book goes through, goes through other steps, looking at our why route, which is exactly what you were touching on, um, looking at mindset, which is a big part of life. We all understand mindset from an athlete. You know, often for an athlete, it's a mindset that's probably the only difference between winning and losing. But it really comes down to what your mindset is and then setting yourself a target of who you can be in the future. That's your goal setting or what we call is your promise. And then we start to move into steps on energy. How do we develop more energy, um, which is really what we call a, a dashboard where we get an energy profile developed. Then we move into performance, you know, different age groups, different types of um, athletes need different ways to train, to perform. Um, and then the book sort of wraps up with who you become. So it becomes a lot more about meaningfulness and celebrating our wins and and the type of person you, you, you want to live life as. What if um, if I was someone and I don't ever think of myself as, as an athlete or I maybe never as a child thought of myself as an athlete, how do I just like tap into that athlete within in those circumstances? Um, you know, even going through a clinic of chronic pain, there's many people I've met who sit there and say, I never really did athletes growing up. Um, but, you know, we all started off as kids. We all started off going to parks, playing chasings, kicking balls, um, riding around. So we all have an activity background. So I think one of the things 
that really we point out quite early on in the book is, is really what your definition of an athlete is. Most of us get kind of caught in the idea that we all have to be elite. We have to be Olympic. We have to train all these you know, hours a week to be able to be this incredible athlete. When that's really not what the book's about. The book's about bringing activity into your life and living more of an active lifestyle, which is A, guided by the research. We should be living a lot more active lifestyle to have a better well-being. Um, but also finding what your version is, is your own definition. I mean, it could be, you know, at the age of 50, 60, going back and doing ballet and doing adult ballet. It could be in the garden. It could be hiking. There's endless possibilities of what your athlete actually might be. So I love that challenge saying, I, I don't have an athletic background. What do I do? That's easy. That's just starting off right at the beginning and say, well, let's peel it right back. It's there in your past. How much of it is also about having fun? Does like injecting some fun into that process also help in terms of getting people to embark on the journey and realize their goals? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, it's not going to happen if you're not having fun. We use the word joy quite a lot. Um, you know, I want to see you light up. And so, you know, you're really starting to talk more about the heart, um, you know, almost making your heart sing. What makes your heart sing? You know, I have um, the young, our youngest kids in our house are six-year-old twins. So, you know, for them, putting Harry Styles on first thing in the morning and dancing around the house is for them fun. And that's, that's them being very athletic first thing in the morning. It's a very noisy household. <laughs> Sounds like a fun household. Absolutely. <laughs> so what about our business owners and sole traders that are listening? Quite a lot of them are feeling a lot of pressure at the moment, a lot of stress, probably considerable amount of burnout. How can, um, you know, tapping into this mindset of an athlete assist with them for, for their well-being amidst those demands? In many ways, and that's um, a very big topic, um, you know, we're really designed to think on our feet. So often when we get caught up in our conditions, um, you know, the stress, the um, mayhem of, of running a business, especially if it's a small business as well, or um, different levels, um, being active is a big part of it. The more active we are, the more we, you know, work the signal systems, our bodies, hormone systems, our nerve systems. We build out immune systems and make them stronger. So there's a lot of physiological advantages of just being active. Active doesn't mean I'm running marathons. Active could be as simple as going out for a walk around the block. And especially when we get quite stressed um, and particularly in fight flight, going up out for a walk can be a great way to kind of release and um, burn off some of that hormone buildup in our system and also relax find a way to calm ourselves, could be just throwing a ball. But there's also too, a very much psychological aspect of that as well, emotionally. So when we move more, um, often we connect more, often we move more with other people. We go for a walk and have a conversation. We go for a hike, we go for a picnic. And it's in those situations that you know, we talk about the village concept. We start to connect more with people. We start to talk more. That could be with role models or that could just be connected with like-minded people in, in that sort of business scenario where we can swap ideas, help each other. And from an emotional point of view, that's almost a critical part of it these days as well is almost we use the word mindset, but it's just not letting your head get away from yourself and, and getting lost in fight flight, 
but keep coming back to the passion of why you started that business and why that really is important for you, that overarching question. We can kind of get lost in the day-to-day conditions. Can, um, you know, heading out for a walk, uh, doing some physical activity, does that also not just help with your physical um, well-being, but does it also kind of build the resilience muscle as well? Just walking and living in an active lifestyle? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you're on... You start to, you're working towards creating rituals. So, you know, resilience begins with a mindset and then the mindset starts to grow as we start to apply that. We start to implement that. And that's where we start to develop rituals until it becomes a part of our lifestyle. So, you know, that's really where something as simple as walking is activity. I mean, the the, the idea of doing 10,000 steps a day um, gives people something to aim towards and, and achieve and feel good about themselves. It's like, well, I've done my 10,000 steps today. Excellent. Let's celebrate. And if they can't make it to 10,000 initially, it's, you know, set a smaller goal and keep building on it. That's the point of an athlete. An athlete, you start from where you're at. See what level. I mean, you might have be having injuries. You may have um, different conditions that are, that are slowing you down. But rediscovering your athlete within is finding your version of what an athlete is. So 10,000 steps is, is a guide for the majority of the population, but it's really about finding what your level is. You know, it, walking may not be your thing. Let's find something else that really lights you up. You mentioned earlier thinking on your feet, like moving and thinking on your feet. Do you think that movement is also, I don't know, a key factor in helping you unlock productivity? Absolutely. There's a lot of research on movement and creativity as well, but you know, we've all had the experience where you're sitting there and it's like, oh, I just, I, I don't know the answer. I can't work this out. I'm not sure. And you, you think, yeah, you get up and you go to the toilet or you get up and walk outside and suddenly as soon as you walk out the door, snap, bang. Ah, there's the answer. It comes straight to you. You've got up and started moving. You know, our ancestors thought on their feet, which is really where that concept that we're writing about comes from. And so the more we are on our feet, the more we start to really work our movement habits with our thinking habits. So, you know, you're stuck on an idea, get up and go move. If you're trying to be creative or having a meeting, um, standing up and moving around, there's even, you know, even in the research, they get people to put their arms up in the air and shake them around for 30 seconds, then sit down. And doing something as simple as that um, improves and unlocks creativity, which, you know, productivity is all about innovation and and being able to be creative to think greater than where you are at the moment Mm. some business owners they might feel a bit guilty about you know taking a break and getting physical Mm. during the day but but what you're saying is actually it can help stimulate the creative process it can get them more productive it can fire up the the snapsies so that you know (laughs) (laughs) they can maybe problem solve a, a lot better yeah, but even in this day and age, I mean, we've had COVID. We work, you know, we're a lot more used to working at home, flexible hours. So, you know, the way um, business looks at individual workers now has changed how we measure. It's not just like the factory work. You clock in, you do your hours, you clock out. You know, it's all about productivity is a bigger part of it now. So, you shouldn't feel guilty about getting up and going and having a walk around. That's that's the health message. That's the well-being message the mindfulness that is a, a very important and growing um, aspect um, in the workplace. 
So what are some suggestions you might have for some specific sort of activity that you could do? Because a lot of people these days do spend a long time at their desks. And I imagine as a chiropractor, you see the impact of that. What are some things that they could just do? Little short exercises that might take some of that pressure off the wear and tear on their body as well. Well, I mean, the the greatest thing you can do, which we were laughing about the other day, is getting someone to buy a dog. You have a you buy a dog. Suddenly your rituals have changed, and you you have to increase your activity levels. You've got to walk that dog. But even in the workplace, I mean, you know, there's inconsequential movement. You know, um, if you go out going to a meeting, go a different way. Take a the scenic route. Take it. Walk an extra block. Park your car a little bit further away. There's a lot of little things you can kind of add in to increase the amount of activity you do every day. It doesn't have to be. 30 minute chunks or an hour chunk. It could be the, the way you get out of a chair um, changes rather than just, just getting out of the chair. You might stand up and do a stretch, imitate a cat for a little bit. Um, but then you might also then put in breaks. So you know, if you're going to get up and make a cup of tea or something, do something around that cup of tea as well. And, and maybe, you know, we have in our clinic balls. So if people are sitting around, they're passing balls and sitting in their chair and things like that as well. But also when we go into workplaces, you know, how a meeting's conducted changes as well. We um, start, stop meetings in different ways. We get people moving around, using, um, having to use a marker and a whiteboard. It's really about just getting up and being more active rather than just staying in the one place the whole time. Now, let's go back to your, your book a little and some of those steps that you were talking about. Obviously, that going back to your past, you know, understanding what, what motivates you and in terms of your why, why you're wanting to do this. Um, what about goal setting? Do you Is that a big part of it? Goal setting is a massive part of it. So the importance of goal setting is to, is to make changes so you, you can get out of the conditions um, of the environment or where you're living, where the people you're hanging around with. So your goal setting is making a promise, but your promise has to be stronger than something like a New Year's Eve resolution. So many of us sit there and say, look, I've got to stop drinking less or I've, I've got to go move more or you know, my, my wardrobe's getting a little too small for me now. I've got to go buy new pants. I'm going to start <laughs> losing weight. But um, you know, you're Goal setting has to be something that's going to be big enough and ugly enough that's going to pull you out of where you are at the moment and also compel you to want to really make that change. Change isn't easy. And so that's kind of where we concentrate one aspect or the the middle chunk of the book is really about how do you make change. So we need energy to make change. You've got to be able to get more energy in your body. You can't just lull into it. It's not just going to happen. And, you know, that's where your why comes in. Why do you really want to do this? Why is it so important to you? And that could be just asking the question as simple as, but why do you want this? Why? But why? And then, um, you know, long-term too is celebrating, making it more meaningful so that when you get those steps, you know, goal setting is really, it's not even really about the, the getting the goal. It's more about making the transitions on the way. Because really in goal setting too, before you reach a goal, that's when you want to be setting the next goal and the next goal. So that you kind of keep yourself moving forward. But I think a lot of it is um, is doing it at your own pace. You know, we have a concept called slow burn, which is you know finding what your pace is. 
Not everyone has to run at life at a really hard, fast pace. It's finding out what your pace is like, the way you think, the way you feel about things. And um, keeping it incremental. They don't have to be, you know, I love people that run marathons. You know, it's something that I love doing myself is running through trails um, and terrain, but it doesn't mean that everyone has to run marathons. That's really the, the significance of finding what your own version is. And that's what you want to celebrate is, you know, it's really enjoying a more active lifestyle. So what was your big why? Because you mentioned, you know, you'd been through some hardships, you'd had accidents, illness, um, personal hardships. What's what's your big why? One of my biggest whys really is a draw card, particularly, you know, I went through um, cancer and, you know, that really changed my world completely. Um, and in many ways, I you know, I feel I'm living my second life following that. Every day is a gift, but... You know, for me, that big why really comes back to family connections. My children are a big part of my why. And, you know, every day that's that's what I wake up with and see my children. You know, I get up early, way before they do. That's my time in the morning to go train, meditate. Um, but, you know, waking up and to a sleeping household, you know, just makes me feel warm and, and gooey and tingly and, and, you know, makes it all worth it. And so, you know, that's a big part of it. You know, even when we run workshops, um, you know, that's something which we talk to people about is, you know, is your why is where you're going to feel those moments that make you really tingle. It's, it be, it's all worth it. And that's one of your little mini wins, I imagine, is that you're around to celebrate those moments. Absolutely. And this Christmas will be a decade cancer free. Yeah, that's awesome. So what do you do to boost your energy? It's a great question. Um, it's many topics. I do breath work. My, myself personally, I do breath work. Um, the way I eat is a big part of that, not just what I eat, but also when I eat. You know, There's a lot of research around nighttime fasting and things which I also practice. But I also do you know, a lot of stability work on myself as well to keep my frame strong and supple. Um, I cardiovascular, so I run, enjoying that. Um, I lift weights, especially as we get older, keeping our muscles strength is a key part to um, longevity. But also, too, I have children that keep me sharp and on the ball, wanting to kick balls, play. Um, you know, every day is almost a gym with them as well. So, But in the book, we look at energy from a dashboard point of view. and we go through five main dials on your dashboard, we look at breath work, we look at nutrition, we look at... Um, Cardiovascular is part of that. You know, we look at sleep. Sleep is a, a crucial part to your energy levels and resetting yourself so you wake up feeling refreshed. And we also look at the timing of when you do things, which is um, circadian rhythms is a part of that. And of course, being a chiropractor, movement. Moving is also a big part of that dial. So if you're not moving, you're going to not have the energy you want. So we work on looking at in um, workshops is people working on those dials and and where they need to tweak which dial it's not every dial needs to be a 10 out of 10 but it's finding out where you are at the moment and what's going to work best to increase your energy levels to help you make the changes you want and what about mindfulness so you mentioned breath work and um, meditation that you you know like that's in the morning you you do that kind of stuff before the the family is up is there anything else specifically that you think is um, a good practice to help 
people that are wanting to work on their mental focus? Meditation is is something that's out there, but breath work is a big part of it. You know, um, you know, part of what you're talking about is the stress we get worked up. You know, the five flight feeling as well. Breath work is a is almost one of the fastest ways to pull yourself out of that fight flight and shift that hormone system, that neural, that nervous or brain reaction um, to what's happening around you. But, you know, for some people, breath work, meditation isn't really their thing. That's kind of really where we talk about maybe just going for a walk and not a fast walk. You're not trying to, you're not trying to do a time. You just might want to go for a walk for 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And, you know, we have a concept in the book called the biological gym where you're getting off that hard, flat, straight concrete, but also, you know, shifting the body into having to walk around tree roots, following a pathway, moving in nature where it's a little bit quieter away from that noise of cars and the bustle hustle of our towns and cities. You know, when you start to move in nature, our body starts to move and shift into a different gear. And to me, that's mindfulness. And put your phone away, for goodness sake. <laughs> and put your phone away. I don't I mean, know how many times I'm out walking the dog and just people are just walking past me on their phone. It is habitual. I have a six-year-old son who you know, pulls his phone out of his pocket and is looking at it. He doesn't even realize that he's so habitual on it as well. So put it, take it out of your pocket and put it in your bag. That's crazy. It's just like <laughs> it's, you're not even present. You're walking around crazy, crazy. So we're almost out of time. What would be some final sort of advice you would have for our listeners if they're wanting to embrace that athlete within Rediscover the Athlete? I think one of the big points really about the book as well is that we all have an athlete within. And it's really just a matter of you know, looking at what your definition of an athlete is and, and starting to really work out what your own version is. And you know, this is really what we touch on and work through in workshops is initially that rediscovery process. Your past is a great teacher. There are many times where you've been lit up in the past and most of the times where you've really enjoyed life, you've been active. Could be a holiday, could be a picnic. And really what you're doing at the end of it is not only are you taking better care of your body, but you're also you're bringing more meaning into your life, more connection. So I think you know the book starts off from what we kind of see as rediscover your athlete within, so we become more active. But also, really, it's it's you know finding what makes you tick. What what does life mean to you? And that's really where you start to find out the person you're becoming. And activity is part of that person. Mm. Great advice, Brett. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure having a chat with you. Thanks for having me, Sess. Um, you're probably going to head off into the Tasmanian wilderness for a bushwalk. After this, I'll be back at my desk, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll get out at lunchtime and Perfect. walk by the water. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Brett. Thank you.